1: For more than a decade, we've been looking at things like what can we do to get better data to help farmers in terms of herbicide spraying, in terms of forecasting, and we really have come up with a good idea, a good plan where farmers, rural landowners, even maybe retired folks living out in the country can really
0: help us improve forecasting by the simple matter of putting up a rain gauge. Yeah, um, maybe a more sophisticated rain gauge than you picked up at the farm store, but we'll get into that in just a moment. There is some real reason behind why you want to mobilize I'll say, a volunteer force, Kevin. Tell me a little bit about the thought that went into this project. Well, when we
1: look at weather forecasts, years ago we were lucky if it was reasonably accurate down to the county level. But with the newer technology, the satellites, in fact, the Weather Service twice a day is releasing a balloon to measure things up two, three, six miles into the atmosphere. They've really been able to hone in and get really tight resolution on the forecast. For example, I can go on to... Weather.gov, right now, type in my zip code, it'll bring up a map of that village or that town. And there's a little green box on that map, and that's actually a mile and a quarter by a mile and a quarter grid. And I can click on that map, move that, and it'll tell me what is going to be the wind speed, what's going to be the wind direction, which is important for herbicide drift what is the chance of rain, how much rain is expected. Of course, we're still talking a forecast. We're not talking 100% accuracy here. But the accuracy and the ability to get down to that level is dependent not only on satellite technology and the balloons, but also real-time data from the ground that we can use then to verify whether those forecasts were accurate
0: or not, and that will make things even better into the future. We were kind of laughing, Kevin and I, at how this really will engage farmers because how many of you are saying, you know, I wonder, it seems like that farm, that next 60 never gets any rain, but the home farm gets everything. You know, that is exactly the kind of real life patterns that we want farmers to investigate further. And this is really accurate. If you thought that the weather stations our cranberry growers, our vegetable growers had, this is really something. Right. Because
1: when we look at those more automated systems with the more intense rainfall we seem to be getting the past few years here, what we're finding is those systems actually overestimate or in some cases underestimate based on how much rain is coming so quickly. And so the official gauges the National Weather Service uses for these projects are actually four inches in diameter. They're plastic, but they're really designed to be able to measure rain no matter how fast it comes. I mean, we've all had these storms where we get three, four inches in an hour sometimes. These are incredibly accurate. And I've talked with farmers in Kewanee County and other places around the state. They said, you know, I'd really like to put two of these up, one here, but this 40 over here, like you said, this 60, always seems to get missed or always seems to get more. And by having more gauges out there, it's going to help us even fine-tune that data,
0: those weather forecasts, even better. Well, and with the evolution of technology and with changing financial commitments and budgets, you might be surprised at – Areas of Wisconsin where weather data, real-time weather data, is a little thin.
1: It's really interesting because when we look at this, there are some airports that have the automated stations, and when you tune in to the 6 o'clock news or the 10 o'clock news or whatever, you'll see a temperature. Those are coming from those automated stations, usually at airports and places like that, but having... More data, more density is really going to help. I mean, we all know, like we just said, rainfall, sometimes you get some here, you don't get it here. For example, the past couple of weeks just looking, and, of course, I tend to look here in northeast Wisconsin, we've only had one or two reports out of the past three weeks from somebody in Kewanee County. And so having people to fill in those holes, whether it's one person in a township or whether it's two fields two miles apart, everything is going to help us make these forecasts better. And particularly as we look at the challenges we've had with weather, that seem to be getting more, and we can talk more about that here. Having that accurate data from one of these accurate gauges is really, really helpful.
0: Well, now, how are we going to mobilize these forces, Kevin? Because I can, I can see a lot of people nodding their head. That yeah, I'd kind of like to know a four by four inch rain gauge that's plastic. It uh, doesn't seem like much. Now, what's what's my commitment? Tell me what I'm getting into if I want to venture towards this project. So, really, what we're looking at is individuals purchasing one of the official gauges, and
1: you can buy official ones and near official ones. And obviously, we want the official ones. They're running about thirty-six to forty dollars right now. Putting them up in a spot that's a little bit of a distance away from a building or a tree where the wind blown is not going to shift things around a little bit. And then after a rainfall, going out there and they like everybody doing it early in the morning, like seven o'clock or so, looking at it and then going online or reporting, you know, I had four tenths of an inch in the gauge this morning. Yeah. It's yeah. very simple. And you know, if I'm busy harvesting, corn and I don't get to it for two or three days, it's not that big of a deal. You can report a summary, but we get that people are busy and you're not going to be able to report every single time it rains, Mm -hmm. but the more often, the more accuracy, the better. Where do I find information on how to get involved? Well, you can uh, just Google what's called COCORAS, which actually stands for, and I'm not a big acronym fan, but the Community Collaborative Rain, Hail, and Snow Network, which C-O-C-O-R-A-H-S, um, there's lots of information out there. You can also give me a call, and I'll give my phone number here in a second if folks want to grab a pencil or maybe uh, pull up a thing so they can send a text message to themselves, and that's 920-391-4652, 920-391-4652. And our goal, really, we've got about 500 people that are reporting on an occasional basis around the state right now, Our goal is to add at least 100 more during the month of March, and ideally if we can get 150, 200 more, so much the better. But really we're looking for folks that are an interest in weather, and of course all of our farmers do. Um, It's what everybody talks about, how much rain did you get last night. But being able to share that data is going to improve weather forecasts, but also things like flood forecasting as well because the National Weather Service uses radar estimates to say here's how much it rained in this area and to be able to ground truth that with data that's provided by our agricultural
0: community or others is going to make flood forecasting more accurate as well. And that's why the National Weather Service really would like to engage with agriculture. You're in rural areas, you're in wide open spaces that are otherwise not monitored. Exactly. Um, The more data we have, the better everybody's going to be. Now, Kevin, we were talking that... Although some may poo-poo the phrase climate change, no doubt about it. After last year and the past two years in Wisconsin, we are seeing very erratic and very strong weather patterns. You have been involved in some collaboration, not with just National Weather Service, but looking at how Wisconsin farmers are going to be able to mitigate, manage, and work with these changing weather dynamics. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at the data.
1: We tend to go in cycles. We have wetter years, we have drier years, but. In looking at the data the last 10 years, we seem to be seeing two things. One is our storms seem to be getting a little more intense. The second thing, if we look at the data, for example, out of Appleton, each year for the last 10 years we're averaging about three more inches of rain than we were the previous 50 years. So Green Bay just over an inch and a half every single year over the last 10 years. So things seem to definitely be getting wetter. And that's really posing a challenge when we're trying to get corn harvested last year at the same time we were trying to do silage and the same time we were trying to get manure on the field as well. And so we talked about it at some of the workshops I've done earlier this year, but we really need to be rethinking some of our corn maturity, our cropping systems to give us more
0: flexibility. Well, and especially, to your point, the larger farming operations, not only do they still need volumes of feed for those dairy animals, they've got to be able to manage through different windows on manure management. Exactly. And when we look at this
1: particular issue, um, in the years that I've been here, which seems to be getting longer and longer every day, but we've gone from 85-day corn to some folks pushing 112, 115 in this part of the state, higher numbers in southern Wisconsin, Soybeans have gone from 0.6, 0.8 maturity. Some people are now planting 2.4 here in northeast Wisconsin. And you combine that with the wetter conditions we seem to be getting, it's making harvest and manure application a real challenge. So if we cut back on our corn maturity by five maturity uh, days, that is not really going to hurt yield, but it is going to buy us more flexibility. A number of farms are saying, I'm going to take a third of my corn acreage, cut it back five to ten days, just to buy myself that extra flexibility because the thing to keep in mind is I get half an inch of rain, three-quarters of an inch of rain in September. I can get back out on that field three or four days at the far end of things. Mm -hmm. I get that much rain the end of October, beginning of November. I'm out of the field for a week. Mm -hmm. And so it's not only giving us, in a sense, those little five or six extra days, but also since it dries off a little bit quicker, getting that silage off early September Gives us even more flexibility. It builds on itself.
0: Are there other strategies that farmers and and analysts, consultants are talking about, Kevin, to start working our way through these weather events and changes in climate? Well, obviously, we hear a lot about soil health, building that
1: resiliency, that additional organic matter to absorb moisture. We had a very successful tile drainage workshop in Jefferson County in late February, and managing your tile drainage system appropriately so that you can get that excess water off of the field is another thing that we can look at. A few folks have said, well, maybe I do need to go in and go in with the alternative forage, something I can harvest early, or maybe add a small bit of wheat back into the rotation just to give myself a little bit of flexibility. But Mm It's interesting. We seem to be running into these challenges every single fall. And so farms that three, four years ago were not even considering doing their own manure application are now saying, well, let's talk to the banker. Let's see about maybe buying a manure tanker so I can apply a little bit on during the season. But the thing I caution folks is, did you really have guys or ladies sitting around twiddling their thumbs last October, November doing nothing, or were they busy doing grain, doing silage, do you actually have the staff time and the people power to properly apply manure in addition to getting that corn, those beans off, cover crops planted, fall tillage, everything else at the same time?
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter what we've planted or what we're working with. It gets busy, but fast. And we are, we're comfortable. Do we have the products already out there, Kevin, to help us make some of these changes? Or are we going to need some new development?
1: Well, it's interesting because we switched to the longer maturity hybrids, both corn and soybeans, because they had better standability, better disease resistance. But over time, the genetics on the earlier season varieties have gotten a whole lot better than it used to be. And so in talking with agronomists and crop consultants across the state, there's been a real shift over the last couple of years from, eh, we really don't want to do that, to now if we pick the right hybrids, the genetics are going to be there to
0: support what we want to do. And what about the rotations? You know, we've alluded to corn, beans, maybe a little bit of wheat. Are there other things out there? Last year we all learned a little something about cover crops, even if it wasn't through prevent plant acres. Are we looking at farms looking at different options on rotation? We are, but then you got to look at how am I feeding the animals, what is
1: my market for these particular crops. I Mm -hmm. think a number of our hemp producers found out the hard way that you need to have a market for whatever you're going to be growing. And so as you're sitting here thinking about what you want to grow, the crops you might switch in, make sure it's a good fit with your feeding system if you're livestock, it's a good fit with your marketing strategy,
0: if you're cash grain. Well, you better have a plan before you do anything, especially given the financial constraints most of us are dealing with. So people like you, is are there bodies out there that have already come together meeting on these topics, Kevin? Are we far enough along to say that there's a, a research base, or is it all still evolving? So I think the research base is
1: definitely there. It's a matter of really sitting down one-on-one with your agronomist, with your crop consultant and coming up with a plan that's really going to work. They're the ones that are going to know some of the options that are out there. Talk to your neighbors. Find out what they're doing. But make sure that you've got a plan, like you said, that it's going to work.